had a leftover question, so I'll go to that, and then we will continue. Oh, uh, do you have the microphone? No, she, oh, okay. Yes, and... If both people in a long-term intimate relationship both mm. have multiple ouches and both are <laughs> unwilling to dialogue, does that speak at all to the high or low stakes of the relationship for both people? That's a very good point. That the, the might be, even though you live together and are married, the stakes might be really low. Mm -hmm. I noticed that in working with couples that, um, uh, well, maybe I can make a distinction. Um, and this is the one that was made by, um, by uh, John Bowlby, <coughs> who's one of the originators of the attachment theory in psychology. <coughs> and he did a study of the, um, of the orphans during wartime. And he noticed that they went through three phases, but I've applied these same three phases to relationships because they seem to uh, fit. In the first phase, the uh, orphans reached out for need fulfillment. In other words, they wanted contact with their caretakers. When this failed, they protested by showing anger. These are the ouches. <laughs> protested the deficits the deficiencies. <clears throat> I instinctively know what I need, but these needs aren't being fulfilled here, and I'm angry about it. So that's the protest phase. Reaching out phase, protest phase. <clears throat> when they noticed that the protests were impotent, fell on deaf ears, didn't make any difference, they went into the third phase, despair. Giving up my needs won't be fulfilled here. So in relationships, we might find ourselves in one of these three. So we're always looking for, am I still reaching out? Behind which is the trust that the fulfillment is available and I can access it. Or am I so angry that my needs weren't fulfilled and I'm simply protesting but still believing that maybe the protest will work. So this is not despair. And then when I notice that this doesn't work, have I just given up 
and I, now I am either looking elsewhere or to start the whole process over, or more likely no longer looking because I now believe that fulfillment is not possible. A sorry state indeed. And one that doesn't give uh, attention to the spiritual possibilities. Because this would be despair about getting need fulfillment from others and from higher power. Does everybody see the distinctions? Does that help with your question? Okay. Good. Is there another question? Is there any other one left over? Right here. You can just pass it back. Thank you very much. Um, in the intention to show loving kindness, um, I'm aware that I can choose that intention and still have a resentment or an irritation stimulated. And my curiosity is about the process of supporting myself in staying with my intention and not merely having the relationship with the other reactive state be mental. I can talk myself out of this. I can say it's not that big of a deal. I can choose the higher path, but I'm not always feeling as though I've supported myself well when my reaction to those responses is just a thinking process. And I'm interested in what you have to say about that. Well, I like your phrase, uh, keep choosing the higher path, even though uh, the thoughts don't go along with it. And they feel like feelings, but I know they're thoughts, right? <laughs> and feelings. Yeah. Every, do other people relate to this? So... Um, I think I would, um, I like this question very much, very, it's a very important one. And my usual way of working with it for myself is continual acknowledgement that no matter how much practice is going through this body, and no matter how many insights are dawning, <laughs> that the caveman version of me is alive and well and it's just not going away. Even the Dalai Lama said that his uh, that he just can't help it with all the spiritual practice he does he's still quick to anger. So he hasn't you know, released himself from that so that was hopeful to hear. Um, but we want to um, just acknowledge that, that, oh, in this gene pool, this is pretty much what you get, thought and feeling-wise. And what matters is just what you said, which is, I will keep choosing the higher path. 
So as long as these feelings and thoughts no longer influence you, your behavior, they don't matter anymore. They're just landscape. They're just background. <clears throat> They're not a sign that you haven't advanced spiritually. All that matters is the purity of our intention and our commitment to take actions that show loving kindness. It's too much to ask that we would clear our minds completely from all the habituated thoughts and feelings that sound like the old ego stuff. That will still be there. Sometimes in San Francisco, I'll give a quarter to some uh, panhandler, and he doesn't say thank you. He just takes it like, you know, you were supposed to give it to him, that idea. And I just can't help it, I think, to myself, well, he should have said thank you. <laughs> so that's still in me, like the question about appreciation. But did, that won't prevent me from doing this. See the difference? Yes, you're taking a path that isn't dictated by the thoughts and feelings that are still tied to the Cro-Magnon part of us, what's in the amygdala. We're acting in accord with what's in the, um, what do you call the outer? Prefrontal cortex, right. Good. Somebody else had a question? That was a very good question. Thank you. Somebody else had one? Yes. Okay, we'll make this the last question and then we'll go on. I just have on that note, if you can talk a little bit about when you're put down into the very basic need again, like Maslow's hierarchy, suddenly you're looking at sustaining yourself. And after coming from an institutionalist, institutionalization that's been hostile and pulling out of that, trying to practice equanimity, it's still the basic needs are there and you have to go back into a culture to get a job or whatever. Facing a lot of those shut down, less than gracious institutions again. And so reconciling that and how to, how to dance with that to keep a balance is hard. Mm. You know, it's, yes. It's one thing when I've had my needs met, when they challenge again, it, I'm back down to a level that's very basic, and it's a not familiar. I mean, the 2008 thing took a lot of us down, and so navigating that, hard to do. Mm. Yeah, I think we could all relate to that. I mean, it's not really a question, it's more of a commentary on the way it is right now, well, and it has been. Reconcile it, you know, or, or begin to move with that as you find yourself working with this process. That's what it would be like. It would be like I'm continually working with it and I'm continually noticing that I'm still tied to these old perspectives. But that's not stopping me from moving through. Moving through what? Moving through with. Uh, my practices of mindfulness, loving kindness, and the unconditional yes. 
it keeps coming back to that yes, doesn't it? <clears throat> to the yes to the way it is. And it's not a yes of resignation. It's a yes of noticing. I notice it and say yes, not I give up and reconcile myself to the worst possible option. Okay, so let's um, remind ourselves of our overall perspective. <clears throat> and I just want to go on to one other part of this. So we've been talking about um, how <clears throat> our psychological work interfaces with our spiritual practice. And we've been seeing some very specific examples. And both the words work and practice have the flavor of accomplishment. That it has something to do with what I'm doing And so let's just go back a minute to what I just mentioned in passing before, that in addition to what I'm doing, there's something afoot in the universe. There's some other um, empowerment that wants to come through and that does come through. And uh, it supports me in all this psychological work and spiritual practice. And I've called that, I'm using the traditional word for that, which is grace. The ego will find it difficult to believe that there's such a thing as grace because the whole style of the self-centered ego is it all depends on me, I'm it, this is all there is, either I do it or it doesn't get done, that concept. And what grace, what this uh, traditional religious view of grace does is it, it reminds us that we have had experiences in life that were bigger and deeper than the contribution we made. Um, a very good example of it is, uh, for me, is in teaching, um, even a course like this, which is just the one day, um, you will be gaining things that I'm not really saying. You will be putting things together in your own mind and things will come to you that um, didn't really come from me. So it's as if, you know, I'm putting in, say, 50% uh, and then there's another 50 that you're going to be gaining 
just because this place seems to attract bodhisattvas of wisdom who want to help us, and they're helping me too, just as I'm saying things that I didn't plan to say before, more than I knew before even. Some, sometimes I'm saying things that I'm only finding out now as I'm saying them. What is making this happen? You could say, oh, well, that's just your own intuition that you're making contact with. And that is one way of looking at it. Um, but it just feels a lot more connected universe-wise when you use a word like grace, which in Latin means free gift. And, and, and I, I have put it this way, that there's something we know not what that is always at work. Assisting us and supporting us in our practice and in our psychological work too. <coughs> that you can rely on something more than just what you put into it. And I'm speaking more from experience, I can't really prove it, but would it be true that almost everybody in here has had this same experience, that you've felt that there were times in life when something came through for you that you didn't make happen, that really helped you? I mean, synchronicity would be a perfect example. Unusual coincidences that led to a whole string of changes or led to something important. And they're not distributed equally, hence the free idea. And uh, in the heroic stories, these graces come at three times. They help you start, kickstart sometimes. They support you on the way. And they enrich the ending or the outcome. Thank you. So Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz is a simple example is kick-started on the journey by the tornado. <laughs> She's supported by the Glinda, who points to the yellow brick road. And then she meets the three friends who help her. And when she thinks the whole thing is over, the, the, the outcome is enriched. She thinks it's over when the, the wizard has the balloon ready and he's going to take her to Kansas. That's her ending. 
But when the dog jumps out, because an animal is often the one who shows us the graces, so when the dog jumps out of the basket, she jumps out of the, out of the balloon. The balloon takes off because the wizard is not uh, knowledgeable about how to work it. So now she's stuck there, and that's when she gets the big news, you had the power all along. So that enriches the outcome. Everybody follow? So these stories must remain in our minds because they uh, accurately mirror our own story. So it must be that this is happening to us too. And the name for these three are the graces. So these are the three graces. The initiating grace, the supportive grace, and the enriching grace. So I'm hoping that you could somehow rely on this option, or these possibilities. You can't make this happen because it's a free gift. But you can always open yourself to it. So in Buddhism, we have the three excellences. The first is the willingness to follow bodhicitta, to embark on the path toward enlightenment. Second is to continue doing our practices so that we open ourselves to support. And the third is the application of our um, merits to all beings. So they have, they have three ways of opening yourself to the graces. These are not ways to get it, just ways to open yourself. So this is difficult for the ego because it's not about how do I get. It's only about how do I open. It doesn't like that word. Because it's not definite. It doesn't lead you to something. If I memorize these timetables, I will be successful in using math all through my life. It's not in that category. It's just how do I open to uh, possibilities which I can't name and which come to me unexpectedly. So I'm now seeing this as a big part of the spiritual story. Everybody follow? I think it's a very beautiful way of looking at it. And I want to say one final thing. Um, the support the second part of it, the middle one. The interesting thing about the support, the people who mediate grace to you in the course of life. Let's go back to the story of Dorothy. She met someone without a brain, someone without a heart, and someone without 
courage, three withouts. She didn't meet up with three rugby players <laughs> who would just grab that witch and put an end to the whole thing. That didn't happen. She met three wounded beings, even more wounded than herself. She had to help them, but they helped her. This is so meaningful to me. Imagine that you um, find the grace through the wounded ones. It seems like, oh, well, grace will come from the, uh, the big guys. They'll help me. But that doesn't match the story. One story after another shows that the, the, um, the helpers are people who need help themselves, but somehow they come through. Interesting. I think it's very fascinating. So I just want to throw that in. So a consciousness of the graces that keep coming through is another addition to our um, spiritual practices. So let's go back. We said our main uh, spiritual practices are mindfulness, loving kindness, unconditional yes. Now we can add our fourth one, which is the grace that supports our efforts. And by the way, even without effort, the grace can come through. It isn't caused by effort. It's not in the realm of cause and effect. It's in the realm of ha a happening. And it's mediated through people, places, and things. They're the portals through which the grace comes to us. And you don't have to be a believer in a God to trust in grace. I noticed something very uh, curious about that song from Carousel. When you walk through a storm, keep your chin up high and don't be afraid of the dark. At the end of the storm is a golden sky and the sweet silver song of a lark. Walk on through the wind, walk on through the rain, Though your dreams be tossed and blown, walk on, walk on with hope in your heart, and you'll never walk alone. But the song never mentions God. It just says you won't walk alone if you just keep walking. Yea, though I walk through, I'm just going to keep walking. 
And when I make this commitment to keep walking through the givens that I will meet up with, there will be a sense of accompaniment. There'll be the sense of someone walking beside me. There'll be the sense that I'm not alone in this, that I'm part of a long tradition of other humans who walk through things like this with this same unconditional yes and something in that, in that pure intention to stay with the yes and keep walking feels like I'm not alone. And that not alone, that accompaniment, is the archetype of grace. It's the um, ultimate meaning of not being alone in this human story. It isn't just that we're accompanied by other people. We're also accompanied by an empowerment that was always there with us, even from the beginning. And in childhood, we, were, we call this the guardian angel. It isn't as if there's an actual guardian angel, but, but that was a personification of a wisdom in human knowing that told us no matter how it looks, there's something more assisting you and holding you than meets the eye. I'm really, really getting it that when you can acknowledge this, it's a high spiritual place that you come to. And it even encourages the graces to come through. And what is our only necessary reaction? We don't have to, we don't have to do anything. Just say thank you. Okay, well, we have an announcement now, and then we're going to meet back here. Um, so come back around 2 o'clock, and we will continue then. And this is Katie. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.